0: Everybody. welcome to the export. I am Raven X, and alongside me is always is Biggie, aka Ethan Tay, aka somebody who I'm sure is enjoying the party inside their city. Yeah, how you doing today, Ethan?
1: I'm good, and uh I'm definitely enjoying the parade inside my city. Yeah. Cause uh, I know, aside from playing against my all-time favorite player, being able to beat the Lakers is always good. No offense.
0: Hey, it's, it's all good. I actually wanted the Grizzlies to win game, too, just because everybody was talking so much stuff about them going into that game as if the Lakers were just going to sweep them because Jaw hadn't been playing, which is wild to me because the Grizzlies have won quite a few games without Jaw on the court, and they showed that they can do it last night. So it's all good. but. We got a good show for you guys today. Of course, we're going to talk the Jalen Hurts contract extension and which quarterback we think is up next to get a big deal. Look at some of the best trade fits for safety Buda Baker and then take a look at each of the current uh, standings of the first round of the playoffs and figure out which teams have a good chance to battle back and which ones look like their series is almost over. But before we get to any of that, please be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers Previous episodes were our lovely podcast on our youtube channel entitled the x report so let's go ahead and kick this bad boy off so last week i posted my 2022 nfl draft review that's where i look at some of the most impressive and disappointing rookies of last year's draft we're going to stay in that time machine and continue to look back at that 2022 nfl draft because this week I posted my uh, redraft, essentially taking a look back at the first round of last year's draft, move some prospects around, and discuss how I think that they would have fit in their new role. So, Ethan, normally I ask, you know, as a Titans fan, who you have wanted. But now I, I think it's safe to say that the Steelers have your heart. So I got to ask you, last season uh, in the draft, the Steelers took – Kenny Pickett, quarterback with a 20th overall pick, given the opportunity to go back, would you take your Steelers making that same pick or do you think they should have went somewhere else?
1: No, they should have kept Kenny Pickett Um, because as the season progressed, his his play progressed, and he showed that he could potentially be the franchise QB. I mean, if they didn't, then it would be a season basically a Mr. Trubisky and nobody wants it.
0: Yeah, nobody. I mean, clearly the Steelers didn't because Kenny Pickett got to start fairly early in his career. Um, as a Baltimore Ravens fan, we had two picks Tyler Linderbaum at 25, and then Kyle Hamilton at 14. Personally, if you guys listen to the redraft, here's a spoiler. I was perfectly fine with both of those picks. An argument could be made at making a wide receiver, but I mean, our offensive line was atrocious the season before. We had to improve. You get Tyler Linderbaum, you see those improvements. And Kyle Hamilton, Baltimore is one of the few teams that really values a safety. And so, in getting Kyle Hamilton, not only did he play well in that nickel position, but now he's going to take over as a starting safety back there with uh, Chuck Clark gone. So. I wasn't mad at it but be sure to let me know what you think listen to that redraft and uh let me know if i did your team right with the redraft or if i drafted a bust always happy to hear opinions but all right let's go ahead and move on to some league news starting off with that big contract extension for Jalen hurts the eagles quarterback signed a five-year 255 million contract extension uh with 179.3 mil Fully guaranteed. So, first off, how do you like this extension? Too much, too little, just right in terms of the money? I mean,
1: I think it's just right because given the nature of any time you add a quarterback getting paid, they're going to get an excessively large amount of money. It never it never fails. Um, and so, with that being the case, he reset the market. But whoever gets paid next is going to reset the market again. And it's going to make his deal look like a steal. Um, so I think it's just right. And it's also, I, the only downside to it is they're going to have to pay other guys in the, in the future or near future. Like I'm thinking AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, but if you look at it from the standpoint of you can always find other good wide receivers, it's hard to find your guy at quarterback. So I think, overall, I think it was a
0: good deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just right, especially because now, since the Deshaun Watson contract, I think a lot of people, including myself, are now starting to look at the guaranteed money because the questions are starting to come up, well, are they going to get a fully guaranteed contract? Are they going to get guaranteed money? I mean, so overall, Jalen Hurts is making more money than Deshaun, but that guaranteed money is still, what, 60 mil less 50 60 mil so i think that just looking at the contract overall i don't dislike i think i'm in agreement with you i think it's just right yes it's going to lead to some interesting questions about the rest of the roster but i think that in terms of the guarantees it's team friendly enough to where they can still continue to build and make sure that they're keeping quality pieces around him so they can go for another super bowl run but all right so with Jalen hurts off of the board in terms of the quarterbacks in need of a contract that now leaves lamar jackson joe Burrow, and justin herbert up next for a payday of those three which one do you think is going to get their extension next and how much money do you think they're going to get
1: i think it's going to be joe burrow and i think it's going to be probably slightly above what Jalen hurst got because again like i said with each new quarterback they reset the market and i think that like he isn't going to get some astronomical, like, super crazy deal, but I think it's going to be more than what Jalen
0: Hurts get. I for sure think he's going to get more than Jalen, but I think, define astronomical, because I'm not going to lie to you. I could see him getting a deal, like, not 300 mil overall, but I could see three, I mean 270 with, like, 190 to 200 guaranteed. Mainly because he can come to the table and say, hey, I have a better resume than Jalen Hurts does. I'm tied for the most playoff wins in franchise history. I'm a top three quarterback at worst. Go ahead and pay me my money. And, I mean, if you're the Bengals, there's no way in hell you're letting him walk out the door. So I could see him getting a pretty big bag. Or it also wouldn't shock me if they tried to like do what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes and just sign him to like a ten year deal with the money spread out. Because if you really want to make him the fixture of your team and you believe that he's worth that long term investment, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Bengals go that route. And I mean if the money's right, I wouldn't be shocked to see Joe Burrow sign it. I mean, sign that deal, especially if you know you wanna be in Cincinnati. But all right, keeping things in the conversation of Cincinnati, let's talk one of their division rivals, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who made a terrific trade. As much as it pains me to say, bringing in wide receiver Allen Robinson from the Los Angeles Rams, uh, swapping seventh round picks, and also the Steelers will just have to pay five mil on uh, Jay on Allen Robinson's remaining salary. Not only is it a steal, but it also costs you a few picks, and you get to fortify y- your wide receiver group. So, looking at the trio now of Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens, where does the Steelers' wide receiver group rank among the league?
1: Among the league? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would give it – I could give it maybe, I will say lower top ten to – and,
0: like, maybe a top 15. I said eight. I, I literally went through each Cause I'm team to receiving group. Because, like, off the top of my head, I would go Bengals, Dolphins, yeah.
1: Eagles. Yeah.
0: yeah. I would take Seattle's group. Um, 49ers. Yeah. Um, Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I remove the quarterback from the equation, Oh no we're just talking like
0: there. straight wide outs
1: Yeah you're right yeah
0: Uh dang who are my other ones Cause right now I'm at Six White or
1: six Minnesota
0: seven. No Minnesota as much as I love Jay Jet uh, Jettis Cause
1: I forget Adam Dillon's Adam gone
0: Right um dang I had him at eight so who else did I have in front of them It's gonna come to me when I do not care I don't think I have Buffalo Ahead of them Oh. Uh, uh, did i say did i say broncos you might have maybe broncos because i don't think they're they're too far off maybe broncos but i know when i when i counted it i had eight which i mean that's still very respectable Especially considering what the receiving group looked like, because, I mean, everybody thought after Chase Claypool left, you know, it was going to lead to some questions, but look at them now. I, I think it's safe to say they're doing all right. And I told you this on paper, it, I feel like the Steelers have the second best roster in the division right now. And of course, games aren't played until September, so we'll see how it all plays out. But I think that if they can keep their offense healthy, their offensive line can start performing better, particularly at tackle, and Kenny Pickett can make some steps, I think this team can definitely push for a wild-card spot. Maybe even the division if Joe Burrow gets hurt. Knock on wood that it don't happen, though.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But all right, let's continue the conversation of different quarterbacks taking things to the west coast with the San Francisco 49ers and Trey Lance as reports this week have come out that the 49ers have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential trade for the former third overall pick the conversation has been the 49ers receiving some calls but not making them and with teams especially aware that Brock Purdy is expected to be their starter this season if he is healthy. While the conversations are coming, I've said this to you before and I've said it on the show before, I feel like if I'm Baltimore, if I know Lamar is not going to stay, ideally, Trey Lance would be who I'd want to be the short-term replacement that could potentially be long-term replacement. But if you are the 49ers, do you think it is the right move to trade him?
1: I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. And the reason being is because Granted, I know they're going into the season with two young quarterbacks, but that's why I don't think it's worth trading him. Because Brock Purdy, yes, he was great um, doing his stretch as a starter, but he was Mr. Irrelevant. Like, who's really going to go into the season thinking that the guy that got drafted last in the NFL was going to actually see the field? And now you're going into it with, what, 13-plus? Purdy, mm-hmm. and we both and we both know how. Like when you get young quarterbacks, once once teams start to get game film and they are able to analyze it, they aren't they they might not be nearly as successful as they were um, when they took the league by surprise. So I think it might be worth it at least for this season because let's say Brock Purdy regresses, you could potentially go back to Trey Lance, who's another young quarterback in his own right. But, and, but you can kind of bounce back and forth instead of just being like, oh, we got Brock Purdy, and if he doesn't pan out, then you don't really know where you're going to go from there.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And also that UCL injury that he suffered – um, it's It seems pretty serious, especially because Brock Purdy is, hasn't like given the definite he's going to be ready. Um, he was asked about it fairly recently. He said, I'm not really sure. I'm taking it one day at a time. So if you're the 49ers, that has to be something that you're cognizant of and just making keeping an eye out for Because as much as you may want Brock Purdy to be the guy, if he's not ready, like you said, if you trade Trey Lance then what are you going to do? Start Sam Darnold? And I mean... It, I, it can be worse than Sam Darnold, but you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. Sam Darnold ain't getting you to no Super Bowl. So I agree with you. I wouldn't make that move again unless it's some crazy offer that you think you're going to get, but I don't think it's going to come. But all right, talking about offers, the Arizona Cardinals are going to start fielding some offers, offers soon for Pro Bowl safety Buddha Baker, who has reportedly requested a trade. Now, it seems that. He may be willing to go back if they decide to make him the highest paid safety in the league. As of right now, Baker is owed 13.1 mil this season and 14.2 mil uh, in 2024 after signing a four-year $59 million extension in 2020 that at the time made him the highest paid safety of all time. But as we all know, deals are meant to be broken, and he is not atop that list. So first off, do you think that Buddha deserves... To be the highest paid safety in the league?
1: Nah. I think he's really, really good, but I don't think he's like top player in the league, paywise wise worthy. I think he could be in like the top five, but not number
0: one. Yeah, I think Buddha's a bad man. And I mean, I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks or for anybody who watched Hard Knocks, it definitely made me like Buddha Baker a lot more, especially because like how resilient he stayed while the team sucked. But I mean, I don't think that I'm sh- like any noteworthy player. I'm sure they're like, yeah, we want to get, we want to get bank, we want to be the highest paid. I get it, I respect it. But in all actuality, should every p- notable player be the highest paid at their position? No, no, they should not. And currently looking at it now, Buda Baker this season's money is ranked. He is ninth in the league this year, and some players ahead of him are Quandre Diggs, Eddie Jackson, Kevin Bayard, Marcus Williams, Minka Fitzpatrick, um, and Jesse Bates. Should he be paid more than a few of those players? Sure, but number one, nah, probably not, but... Let's just say that there are teams out there that are willing to pay him like we did last week with Devin White, who, by the way, still hasn't been traded from the Bucks. Uh, let's try to find the top three teams that are the best realistic fits for him. So do you want to start at three or you want me to start? I'll let you start. All right, Ben. So, number three, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody talks about how great the offense is, and rightfully so. It's very good. But defensively, Jesse Bates was a cog. Now he's going to Atlanta, and they do have a hole at safety. I understand you bring in guys like Nick Scott, and you drafted Daxton Hill in the first round of last year's draft, but you don't know what you're getting out of those guys, as opposed to Buda Baker, who is a well-known commodity. Would he be the highest-paid safety there? in the league? No. But he gets to play on a perennial playoff team and become the new quarterback of that defense. Well,
1: what's funny is the Bengals are my number three, too. Because to me, it's like, you lose Jesse Bates, why not replace him with Boodle? It makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, number two for me are the Eagles. This is a very popular like swap. And I get it because you lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But to be fair, they didn't want to pay Chauncey. And... What makes you think they're gonna turn around and wanna pay Buddha? That's the only reason why they're not number one because I still don't think he'd be the number one highest-paid player. But I do think that overall he still would be a really good fit. Like I said, kind of brings that leadership and kind of that ferocity. While he doesn't have the same size as Chauncey, or he's not as good as a, a good, as good with the ball and playing terms of getting interceptions. Buddha is a bad, bad man. I think that it still be an upgrade in their secondary. All
1: right, so my number two. It's my number two, but it has the stipulation. Okay. My number two is the Tennessee Titans. If they let Kevin Bayard go.
0: That would be, that would be, if I was Kevin Bayard, I'd be pissed. Like, so you don't want to pay me, but you going to pay this other dude? Oh, I would be pissed. So pissed. But that would be interesting. All right, and my number one is the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that's really becoming to get on the rise, particularly with their offense and Calvin Ridley coming in, going to be that number one receiver in that interesting-looking wide-out group. But now defensively, it, it, it's lacking in that secondary. Their corners are okay, but the it's clear the Jags have not really had a game-changing safety in a while. I think that if you bring in a guy like uh, Buda Baker, I think that he would be a perfect fit on that defense, him and Doug. Peterson would get along swimmingly. and He would really help to elevate the play of that secondary.
1: My number one, I'm going with the Eagles. Um, I think if you're able to figure out a way to bring him in, why not run it back with another all-star added to your quote-unquote all-star team and maybe ask to get over the hump and win the Super Bowl? Be um, interesting. It's Yes, would it bring um, question marks and hiccups in the future around having to pay a bunch of different mouths? Yes. But we also learned from the context of the Rams, if you get a ball out of it, it might be worth it.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it on, uh, it you only talk bad about it if it doesn't work. It works for Rams. And I feel like comparing rosters – I feel like the Eagles overall team is as talented, if not more talented, than that Rams Super Bowl winning team. Especially if they can make a move to get a guy like Buda Baker. But all right, let's go ahead and play a game of believable or buffoonery. And you mentioned the Rams. We're going to talk about their quarterback, Matthew Stafford's former team, uh, Louis Riddick, on a recent episode of uh, ESPN uh, Get Up. Said this about the Detroit Lions I think they are easily the favorites to win the division This team is going to be a problem in 2023 All the way to maybe the NFC Championship game We've talked a lot about the NFC North and where things stand So let's skip that part But let's focus on the NFC Championship part Believable or buffoonery The Detroit Lions are a threat to make the NFC title game I'm saying buffoonery But it'd be fun But hard buffoonery for me Nah, it
1: is buffoonery, because I mean, like, I think about it from the context of, so you putting them already ahead of the Eagles, who just was in it. Um, the 49ers. The 49ers, who were just in it. Who else? Um, the Cowboys. Like, I don't
0: think they're better than yeah,
1: the Cowboys the, right now. The Cowboys, shoot, they might not even be better than, like, Nah, I'll get them that one. They might not be better than the Saints in some instances.
0: Right.
1: So, like, nah, I don't think this. I think that's a on
0: buffooner. And not only that, but don't get me wrong, Aiden Hutchinson is a bad dude. Malcolm Rodriguez played pretty well. Kirby Joseph, those, those are just some of the rookies. In addition to some of the veterans that they have. But their defense was still terrible last year. They gave up a lot of yards, and yes, their offense was still able to kind of supplement that and come up with big plays themselves, but your defense has to make us stop, and the Lions' defense was not good at that. Now, they still have free agency um, to go and then the draft, so they could change that, but I don't think there's any single or maybe couple of moves that the 49ers, I mean, that the Lions can make that I'm like, okay, yes, they are in a NFC title game threat. But I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can make win the division. But I, I'm not going that far just yet. All right, speaking of things that are going far, Tua Bailoa after being put on concussion prom- protocol multiple times this past season missing significant amount of games due to concussions in a recent press conference admitted that he had contemplated retirement he said yeah I think I considered it for a time having sat down with my family my wife and having those kinds of conversations really it would be hard for me to walk away from this game with how old I am he also mentioned that he wants to play long enough for his son to be able to see him play with retirements already being on his mind, and we already know the injury history with Tua, believable or buffoonery? Tua Valoa is a concussion or two away from retirement?
1: Believable. um, Because how many did he already have this season? Like, two or three?
0: Two or three, and he was on concussion protocol twice.
1: Yeah, I think he might be. Because, like, it's, been, it's a lot of guys that have played football and had concussions and didn't know, and they and they hung it up early because they found out later. Um, and he already has three that he he knows about, right. flat out. So if he gets maybe one or two more, I would not be surprised if he hung it up early.
0: Yeah, I'm saying believable as well because I get it. You want you're very young and you want your son to be able to see you play, but at the end of the day, you got to put yourself first. And if this is detrimental and you're Having so many concussions and health concerns, my brother, it is just not worth it. Like, it's scary to think how much worse it could have been, especially with the DeMar Hamlin situation, which we're literally gonna get to in a second. Like, I would hate to run to see him in a very similar situation or suffer serious neurological damage because he wants to continue to play. So, I think it's believable as well. All right, keeping things on those Alabama quarterbacks, Bryce Young has reportedly uh, canceled his remaining meetings as it seems pretty much a lock that at least he is going to go at the second overall pick. However, there are a lot of ramblings that he could go first overall to the Carolina Panthers. So, believable or buffoonery, Drew Bryce Young is a lock to be the first overall pick in this year's
1: draft. Oh. <laughs> I want to say believable, but the Carolina Panthers have the number one overall pick. And that is why I'm going to say buffoonery. Is because I could see them making a reach in drafting one of the other quarterbacks when Bryce Young has shown that he's the best quarterback prospect in this draft.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I'm calling buffoonery mainly because, like you said, we don't know. Like, other years, the first overall pick, like, we already know who it is before the card gets turned in. However, in this case, Bryce Young makes a lot of sense to be the first quarterback off the board. But like you said, I mean, we've seen those videos of Josh Mc, uh, McDown talking to uh, C.J. Stroud saying, maybe when you live in Charlotte, well, who? Or the, how much you they're speculated to have loved Anthony Richardson and his workout and everything. And then Bryce Young, on paper, he seems like the most talented. He seems like the go-to guy. It's a lot of questions of, well, should they do it? Does the size really matter that much? Are they that worried? And so because of it, it's like, it's hard to say he's a lock per se. I'd say he's the favorite. But again, come this time next week, it would not shock me if Bryce Young was not the first overall pick. Not shock me at all. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on to DeMar Hamlin, who it was announced that doctors have cleared Hamlin to play football again um, and resume football activities per Bills general manager Brandon Bean. That's great news. Happy to hear that he's healthy, but believable or buffoonery. The Buffalo Bills should risk letting DeMar Hamlin play again because I would say buffoonery. I don't think it's worth it.
1: Ah, this is tough. I want to say buffoonery, but I also want to say believable because it's like you're taking away. I don't know. I'm gonna say buffoonery.
0: I feel like how I look at it is, it's amazing that like the way the fact that he was able to come out of everything, like he like he said, he literally died on the field, and like his story of recovery is very inspiring and very. Has a lot of people in passion. And it's a beautiful story. But again, like I was saying with Tua, is it really worth it? Like, if I'm Buffalo, because just imagine if, God forbid, that wasn't just a freak accident and something like that happens with him again. Nobody's going to blame him. They're going to blame the Bills for putting him back out there for still giving him another chance. Because as a football player, of course you want to go out there and play. But as in every sport, sometimes you got to have somebody to reel you in and be like, nah, you can't do it anymore. And I understand the doctors have cleared him. The doctors have cleared a lot of people who probably should not be on the field again. But they haven't actually died on the field. DeMar Hamlin literally died. I wouldn't want to run that risk. If I'm the Bills just in good conscience, I just couldn't do it. I'd be too scared to let him back out there. If some if another team wants to do it, that's on them. But me, I couldn't do it. But all right, let's move on to a much lighter note regarding the Buffalo Bills. Von Miller in a recent interview discussed the likelihood of his team bringing in a star wide receiver, more specifically DeAndre Hopkins. To which he said, "I still talk to Hop all the time." Hop said he wanted to be a Buffalo Bill, and you never know until you get that DeAndre Hopkins signature on a contract. To be fair, Von Miller has been trying to recruit players in, to every team that he's played on. It worked in L.A. in getting Odell there. We have yet to see if it's worked out in Buffalo, but believable or buffoonery, DeAndre Hopkins will be a Buffalo Bill when it's all said and done. I'm going to say
1: buffoonery. Um, I think you're going to see a team, because being honest, would the Buffalo Bills benefit from adding another wide receiver? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do they really need another wide receiver?
0: Yes. No. I think they do.
1: I, don't I think they, when I put it like this, I think they need another wide out, but I think they need one more along the lines of like, I know Gabe Davis is really inconsistent. I think they need like a good slot receiver instead of another guy outside.
0: That's fair. How I look at it is, yes, Gabe David is, Davis is very inconsistent. But it's like, how much are you giving up to get D-Hop? Like, if you're giving up a two and above, that's when it's like, "Mm, I don't know if you should do it. But if you can get him for, like, a crazy, like, fourth or fifth round pick and maybe you got to eat that contract, it's worth it. For me, it's just more so the compensation. And so, at this moment, I'm going to say buffoonery because I don't think the Bills do it. But it would make a lot of sense. But I get what you're saying. I... (sighs) It just For me, it just comes down to how much are you giving up. If you're giving up more than a two, then maybe that's not the best move because you could find another receiver who's younger and cheaper who could possibly give you a good amount of production. Because either way, whoever you get, they're going to be a two. This is Stefan Diggs' offense. And even if we're comparing the two wide receivers, I love D-Hop. D-Hop is the man. But I still would say Stefan Diggs is better than him at this point of the his career. And so while that would look good for Josh Allen and that receiving group, I'm still calling buffoonery. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but all right, let's go ahead and move on to our final question. This isn't a believable or buffoonery. It's more so, Ave, would you rather? More specifically, looking at two running backs who could possibly be on the outs. There's been a lot of confusion between the Dalvin, running back Dalvin Cook, and the Minnesota Vikings. So much so that there's a belief that he could possibly be traded or cut ahead of this year's draft if negotiations do not improve. And then, like we talked about last week with Joe Mixon and his uh, criminal charges being recharged. It could. There's a possibility that the Cincinnati Bengals will ask him to take a pay cut, and if he says no, he could be on his way out. So let's say you are a running back needy team, and these are your two options presented in front of you: Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Who would you rather
1: have? Dalvin Cook, because he, in my opinion, he's more productive than Joe Mixon. I think he. Even I know, I think he might be a little bit older than Joe Mixon. But we also don't have to deal with the the off-the-field concerns going into this new season.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I'm also going Joe Mixon. I mean, I'm also going Dalvin Cook. Because Joe Mixon, I said it last week, it's not like he had a terrific year. He had that crazy game against the Falcons. But other than that, he was just kind of there. And then fast forward to Dalvin Cook. I mean, he has some injury concerns. But, I mean, when he is on, that brother is on. And I think that, like you said, between the two, Dalvin Cook would be my choice. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the NBA, starting with our Mamba Players of the Week. Out of the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go Jason Tatum. I mean, he's looked really good so far in the first two games of the series with the Atlanta Hawks. That probably is going to end up being a sweep.
1: Um, From the Eastern Conference, Mm -hmm. it's hard because it's like the people that I've expected to like, really go off hasn't i either to be i also know he's been doubled every time he touched the ball uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go Darius garland for game two
0: Darius garland did ball out game two all right let's talk our western mambas of the week for me i'm going triple j i know that game two wasn't as big of like a scoring output but i mean he still had over three bo- blocks and just was dominating on the defensive end, also scored 18 points, and then dropped 30-plus in that game one. Nobody can put that loss on him. So, Triple J is my Western Mamba.
1: Yeah, I got to go Triple as well because it's like – I know his game one was like a monster game, but he still is being productive overall. Um, And I can't say the same for, like, other stars that have been consistently productive this far in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, totally agree. The only – Actually, this actually goes into my uh, my takeaway. Starting at number three, Kawhi Leonard uh, playing the play, play in the playoffs this year almost makes load management worth it. He was a very close second because Kawhi has been going crazy. I'm not saying load management is a good thing or that it's worth it, but if we can see a Kawhi like this on a night-to-night basis, it, it makes you kind of rethink. Maybe he doesn't need to play 20 plus games in a regular season.
1: Yeah, you got a point because I didn't didn't even think about Kawhi because I talked to you all very – because he missed so many games during the regular season. Mm -hmm. I forget how much that I like Kawhi Leonard's game. And then, like, he comes in these fast few games in the playoffs and it's like, oh, yeah, I forget. When you healthy and you, like, on the court and you locked in, you're like a top ten player in the the league.
0: (laughs) Yeah. baller, Straight call, stone cold. But, yeah, that's my number three takeaway.
1: My number three takeaway is, I think is actually, no, that's not my number three. That's my number one. My number three takeaway is, is that the Los Angeles Lakers go as far as AD take them. And this playoffs can be, a is going to be make a break for D'Angelo Russell.
0: Yeah, because like he said, I'm not a point guard. I'm a basketball player. Can you perform like a basketball player? What was that brother, 2 of 11? He was 2,
1: he was two for 11. And yeah, he last didn't night. Play well. He didn't play well in the play-in game. And to me, I talk, like we talked about before, bro, you have a guy in the name of Kyrie Irving that has won already with LeBron James that will be available because there's no indication that he's re-signing in Dallas. And you play the same position as Kyrie.
0: <laughs> and play what you want to. You keep having them two with 11 games. Y'all get a first-round exit, I guarantee you're gone. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, number two for me, the Bucks got a big game to win, but I still don't like their chances without Giannis, mainly because scored 81 in the first half. That's cool. But they also made 25 three-pointers. You cannot bank on that. On a night-to-night basis, so I hope the Bucks feel good about themselves and feeling confident. But I don't. I still don't like their chances this series if Giannis's injury turns out to be something more serious than we thought.
1: My number two. I love the play-in from the standpoint of it brings you playoff intensity in earlier game, earlier in the season. I don't like to play-in. I don't like the to play-in tournament because of the product of teams that actually make the playoffs. I.E., you brought up the Boston Celtics. And my, there's no way the Atlanta Hawks should be in the playoffs right now. They, they don't, like, they aren't, they're a decent team, but they aren't even, like, worthy of an eight, or an AC. And, cause it, it's like, yeah. So, like, that's the only downside to me in the play in is cause it's like, because it's essentially like a, if you win one game, you're automatically in. Anybody can make the playoffs, and they might not deserve the position that they're in.
0: It kind of reminds me of, of the seventh seed in the NFL playoffs because I don't think since they, like, created that seed that they have won a game. I could be wrong, but I don't think that they have. So it's kind of like, why are you here? Like, we didn't need yeah. it. So I, I get what you're saying. And my number one. Y'all know I've stated many times my feelings about the Lakers and Grizzlies series. I just want both teams to have fun and stay healthy. As much as I love a good heel, I love the smack talk, Dylan Brooks is very entertaining to me. I think he picked the wrong one. Because, look, I get LeBron is old, but LeBron can still drop 40 with ease. And that's unmotivated. I I just feel like Dylan Brooks poked the wrong bear, and I think if if LeBron drops less than forty, I will be shocked in Game Three.
1: So this is why this is this actually is my game. This is my number one. But this is a discussion. I think he I think he knows what he's doing, and this is the reason being right now at this point, and we've seen it before. Right now at this stage in his career. When LeBron has big games, it doesn't necessarily equate to Lakers' wins. That is a fact. Because because when LeBron has big games, the ball isn't moving around. The players that need to, like, touch the ball, i.e. Rudy Hachimura, Austin Reeves, they don't necessarily get the touches that they need. And right now, in this current iteration of the Lakers team, when their biggest threat offensively and when they function best is when Anthony Davis is going crazy. Yeah. So, if you're poking the brand and being like, oh, we're going to go LeBron in the scoring 40, but then we're going to look up and we're going to see, like, maybe a quiet, low percentage 20 from AD and everybody else doesn't really get involved, I'll take that because most times than not, they can equate to a win.
0: That's fair. That's very fair. It'll be interesting to see how the game overall goes. But everybody know I'm not a LeBron fan, but I respect LeBron. And Dylan Brooks said, "I don't respect you till you put forty on me." I think he gonna get that forty. Like it's I know. Be personal. He's getting
1: that. And 40. I, I think he's gonna get that forty, and he's gonna get an L attached to it because Dylan is going him into being like, "Oh, I'm old. I'm gonna show you, oh," and he like. Because it's a, like, it's a difference. Like, Bron can get, we know Bron can still get 40. But, like, when Bron's at his best, like, now, he's feeding off AD and he comes in and he delivers spurts when they need them It's late in the game. Right. When, Bron, when Bron's trying to go, I'm going to go crazy and get mine the whole game, you know, it doesn't really
0: equate to, like, good wins. Prime example with the game that he broke the scoring record.
1: Yeah. And I'm a LeBron. LeBron's my favorite player. So I, I'm not saying this from like a oh I'm an anti Bron guy. I love LeBron. But this just not at this at this age and at this stage of his career, LeBron being your best player and your number one option isn't the best thing for the Lakers. Will you tell.
0: All right, let's go ahead and take a look at these first-round series, starting off with the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat. As we said, the series is tied at 1-1. and Game three in Miami, still no word on Giannis coming back. Who do you like for this game? With the uncertainty of Giannis, I mean.
1: I like Miami. I think they're going to be in front of their home crowd. They're going to be charged up. And... They've they've are they've had this chip on their shoulder around them not being the heat team that they used to, that they people are used to them being this whole season.
0: Agree. But to be fair, they did bring that play in game against the Hawks on themselves. Like, y'all gotta stop guaranteeing <laughs> victory in public. You gotta stop doing that. That's bullish board material. Uh but I do you talked about the Hawks not really being like a playoff team. I think that the Heat are definitely more of a playoff team than the Hawks which is why they actually have a win all right but let's say look at that series the number two seed Celtics leading the number seven seed Hawks two and oh neither of those games have been won by any less than uh double digits do you expect game three to be any different in Atlanta no I don't either but hey it's almost over Atlanta you can go on and Enjoy your offseason and figure out whatever y'all going to do with Trey Young. All right, looking at the next series, we have the Philadelphia 76ers up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets, another series where both games have been won by double digits. It's been fun, Brooklyn. Y'all have had some fun spurts, but I still think game three, I think Philly ends up 3-0. Yeah, I like I I like
1: Brooklyn. They're like the feel-good team. Um, or this year's playoffs, but I don't think that they have the firepower. Not even really the firepower. They don't have the size to be Philly because like Nick Claxton, he's like 6'11, but he's like 215. Yeah, Joel is, it, yeah, Joel is, and he played, he's a great rim protector. And he can make great plays defensively, but like Joel Embiid is like a, a legit, a minimum 270. And he's,
0: like, 7-2. Something like that. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Felt that. All right, now moving on to the most competitive series um, in the Eastern Conference. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers, the fourth seed, and the fifth seed. New York Knicks tied at 1-1. One and one. I mean, after a very competitive game, one game. Uh, where the Knicks won by four points. Cleveland really put their foot in their behinds, like you mentioned, after a strong game from Darius Garland. Won that by 17. So it creates a very pivotal trip to the Garden tonight. So, I'm sorry, not tonight, but tomorrow night. So who do you think gets that advantage in Game 3?
1: This is arguably my favorite series in the whole playoffs so far. We're after the and the Lakers on the Grizzlies. Let me creep. I think the Knicks are going to take it because they're going to be – they they felt they felt emasculated in game two they're gonna be in front of their home
0: crowd and they're gonna be charged up fair alright let's go ahead and move on to the Western Conference um despite showing some signs of life down the stretch it didn't matter uh the Denver Nuggets end up getting that 2-0 advantage over the Minnesota Timberwolves shout out to Ant cause Ant is playing his butt off but I still think that game three belongs to the Nuggets
1: yeah this a, is a, going
0: to be a sweet problem. All right, now, we just talked about this series, but the Lakers and Grizzlies heading into L.A. on Saturday. I I think that LeBron is going to go crazy, and it's going to lead to a close Lakers win. But it wouldn't shock me if the Grizzlies you'd use this advantage and end up winning as well. But I'm going to say Lakers for sake of for conversation.
1: I think they're going to get the dub, too, Um, just because I think the guys that showed up in game one, even if LeBron goes crazy, I think they're still going to make key plays in game three because they're
0: at home. Agreed. Alright, moving on to the Sacramento Kings with an interesting 2-0 lead over the Golden State Warriors. Looking ahead to game three. They're heading back to San Francisco for the first time this series. Draymond Green is out of commission. Do you think that those factors are enough to give the Kings the 3-0 lead? Or do you think that the Warriors get their first win of the series? I'm going Warriors. First.
1: Question. Is Sabonis out? Because I saw something about he had like a Steinem thing.
0: Yeah, um... As far as I know, he's playing. I haven't heard anything different.
1: If if he's playing, I think the Kings are gonna pull it out.
0: Yeah, cause he's playing. I haven't heard anything different. They playing tonight, so yeah, he's he's playing. That'd be interesting. Um, now for the sake conversation, three zero lead for the Kings. Is the series over?
1: Yeah, I don't see Golden State coming back because I mean they just they don't match up well against the Kings, and the reason being is because they they can't exploit the Kings' weakness on defense.
0: The internet is a place of overreactions. I'm sure you've probably started to see the comps of De'Aaron Fox being better than Ja Morant. On a scale of one to ten, how much basis, in your opinion, is in that argument?
1: I think it's a notable. I think it's a notable argument. I think the thing of it is, is like De'Aaron Fox has been in the league longer than Ja. Yeah. Like, I think De'Aaron Fox has been in the league at a minimum two years more than Ja has. And, like, not to say, like, I don't want to say, like, he this is his first time in the playoffs because he's been on really, really bad teams. But, like, okay, if we're, if, it'll be, in my mind, it's different than saying, like, De'Aaron Fox and Ja, they're in the same year. Who's better? Because if you're in the NBA two years, if you do anything, if you have two years of experience over me in anything, I automatically assume that you're going to be better than me. Right. So, let's see. What year did the Air Force get drafted?
0: 20, is it 18? I'm going to look it up. 2018 or 19, I believe. Because Ja was 20... Tw- no, was he 2020? I think ja- this is third year, right? I think so. De'Aaron Fox was drafted in 2017.
1: 2017. So, let's see what
0: year ja ja was got drafted. drafted in 2019.
1: 2019. So, yeah, two years. So, yeah, two years. So, I would expect. Also, like when Ja got drafted, he was brought in to be that guy to be the guy. De'Aaron Fox was as well. They both had to grow develop and develop. Like a big thing is developed in De'Aaron Fox is his jumper. Right. Like he didn't have the jump shot that he has now two years ago in the two years, two three years ago. Okay. So yeah, I can even be willing to say that he's better than Ja. I have no issues in it. But I also look at it from the standpoint of you've been in the league longer, so you should be better than
0: Ja. Yeah, looking at the context of it. This year, I would say, yeah, De'Aaron has been better. But still comparing careers, I would go Ja. But I right, speaking of uh, comparing careers, I mean, this Suns and Clippers series has been an interesting one. After the Clippers took game one of – Suns storm back to take Game 2 after a really good game from Devin Booker. Game 3 is in L.A., and it's taking place tonight. This is hard. This is probably the hardest one I've had to pick. I think I'm going to go Suns. But I'm not confident in saying the Suns are going to win tonight. I think I'm going to go Clippers. That's fair. Honestly, it's been a good series, so. We shall see how it all shakes out. But all right, let's go ahead and look at some league news, starting off with Miles Bridges. As we all know, he did not play this season after his arrest of of domestic abuse, domestic violence. I'm sorry, to the mother of his children. The NBA has officially announced that they are suspending him for another 30 games with 20 games already considered served. So technically, come the start of next season, he'll have to sit out 10 games and then he will be free to play. Do you think that that is enough games of suspension or do you think that's a good number uh I don't it's
1: hard because it's like he hasn't played all season because he wasn't signed I also don't agree with a man beating a woman so I'm going to I think
0: so. since he hasn't touched the NBA court this season, I probably, I guess I'll say yes. I mean, how I look at it is, I like, kind of how I look at Deshaun Watson. If you are committing crimes against women, you don't ever have to play again. And so, I don't think it's enough, but then again, I have a very biased perspective on it. Like, as we all know, I don't like Deshaun Watson. I don't like Tyreek Hill as a human being. I respect their games, but as an athlete, Nah, I'm good. Do I think that should keep playing? Nope. But here we are. So that's how I feel about Miles Bridges. But somebody's going to sign him, and then I'm not going to mess with that team. I hope it's not LA. But again, it wouldn't shock me if they signed him. It wouldn't shock me if they signed him this year, honestly. So. We shall see how it all shakes out. All right, let's look at some injury news because low-key this past weekend had a lot. Starting off with, it came out that Paul George reportedly is expected to miss the first uh, series of the playoffs, which is unfortunate because it will be very interesting to see the dynamic of him on the Clippers as they play the Phoenix Suns. Uh, moving on to the Miami Heat, star shooting guard uh, Tyler Harrow has broken his middle and right in ring finger on his shooting hand, and is expected to miss four to six weeks, which could essentially end his postseason. And then we saw the injuries to John Morant. He suffered a serious hand injury. Luckily, there were no fractures to his hand, but it did cause him to miss game two. In that same vein, Giannis Antetokounmpo suffered a back contusion um, in game one, missed game two, but his team won. So as we see, both the Grizzlies and Bucks were able to win without their star players but who do you think is needed on the court more for their team to advance to the second round?
1: To answer that question, I'm going to also have to break news because the person I think is needed the most is the person that just got ruled out, oh. Kawhi Leonard.
0: Kawhi not playing?
1: Yo, Kawhi, I'm, reading it right now. I'm reading it right now. Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out for tonight with a right knee sprain. it needs to be on the court
0: well yeah between those three yeah
1: because i mean the, the buzz can win without Giannis. they sound it we know the grizzlies can win without Ja. the the clippers without kawhi and paul george yeah, that's a tough that's a tough ass
0: that's why well yeah there's my answer <laughs> that sucks though well russ i love you if you want to have a crazy game, be my guest, my brother. But, yeah, well, their answers that. All right, let's go ahead and celebrate some NBA award winners. As we know, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has finally been anointed as the league's defensive player of the year, which I think it's safe to say he earned it. Uh, Mike Brown was named coach of the year, second coach to ever receive that award twice, and also, and winning clutch player of the year that award goes to De'Aaron fox of the uh sacramento king so congratulations to them tonight the 6 man of the year award is going to be coming out but we still got some other awards that we can predict so let's go ahead and start things off with six men of the year looking at our options we have malcolm brogdon bobby portis and emmanuel quickly I said I think Emmanuel quickly should be six men of the year a few days ago. I mean, a couple episodes ago, and I'm sticking with that. Uh, I'm gonna say Bobby Boys. That's fair. All right, moving on to Rookie of the Year. Our options are Paolo Banchero, Walker Kessler, and Jalen Williams, the one with the E. And for the Thunder, I think it's safe to say Paolo's gonna win. Yeah,
1: if it's not Paolo. I was
0: going to say, all right, but I'm not going to do all out because I'm not a Magic fan. But it better be Palo. It absolutely should be Palo, even though I'm not going to lie, probably the rookie of the year argument that pissed me off the most is when Ben Simmons won it over Donovan Mitchell because Ben Simmons yeah. technically was not a rookie. And we see how their careers have shaped out since then. So leave that there. All right, most improved player. We have Jalen Brunson, Shy, I mean, Shay Gilgis-Alexander, and Laurie Markkinen. I think I'm going to go Jalen Brunson. This is tough. But, like, we've seen Shay kind of ball out before. And same for Jalen, but not to this level since he got to New York.
1: This is tough because I think the three dudes that are in the running, they all equally deserve it. Right. Uh, the only reason I'm going Shay is because, like, he improved, and his team improved. Like they were a couple, a couple inches away from making the playoffs. I know the Knicks are in the playoffs, but the Knicks were like already a borderline team. Anyway, they just needed to add a piece. that was, there was Jalen Brunson.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Shout out to Lloyd Marketing and because he had a terrific year, too. But yeah, I, again, I. I, I, see, I could see both of either of them winning, honestly. I mean, I don't really think there's a wrong answer. And now to the big award MVP, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic as this year's finalists. I think this is finally the year Joel Embiid takes it home. All uh, right, I second it. All right, I'll say this. It should be. the if I'll say this. If it's Giannis winning, I won't be mad because I'm a Giannis fan. But I might riot if if Nikola Jokic wins it.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan. the thing for me is I'm a fan of all three players to to different degree. Like Giannis is my second favorite. I'll say co-second favorite player in the NBA with you And but like, and I really, I'm I'm really like Joel and B, and I really like Joker. But like, hey, Joel deserves it, joint.
0: Because one could argue he should have won it the past couple of years. Or at least one other time. So it's it's Joel Embiid's year. At least it should be Joel Embiid's year. But all right, let's go ahead and play our game of believable or buffoonery, and so we can get out of here. Uh, recently, there was a poll around the NBA that asked multiple different questions in terms of the most overrated players, best coach, best player, the, who's the goat, things like that. Well, Trey Young's name popped up as one of the leader leading vote getters, but not exactly in the category one would like. Trey Young was voted the league's most overrated player in the Athletics Anonymous player poll. Believable or buffoonery? This stance has some merit.
1: Mm-hmm. I think like, Trey Young, know, he puts up good numbers, but like, you, as you can see, it doesn't really equate to winning. And I think people view him in this light of like being the second coming of Steph Curry and the difference is, Steph's games translate like the winning, and Trae you does it. That's
0: why I think he's overrated. I think he's overrated too. It's hard because that I feel like that argument though could be used for a lot of people. Like Luca could be in that conversation. His play. I think Luca's overrated. No, yeah, true that too. So it's like <laughs> I, I feel like that. Damian Lillard, I don't think Damian Lillard's overrated. But, again, he puts up crazy numbers, but it doesn't lead to winning. That's not exactly all on him, but the wins aren't there. So, I'll say believable as well. I I said, like, we've had a conversation, like, the difference between, like, a superstar and a star. And I feel like the league overall is trying to build up Trey Young to be in that superstar class, and he's just not that guy. Like, not to say he's bad, but I just – I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, I don't think he's a guy you can absolutely win with, if that makes sense. Or at least with him being the number one guy, I don't see it happening. All right, let's continue on with the conversation. We just talked about awards. Well, NBA legend Rick Barry on the SiriusXM NBA radio uh, said this. It's insane that they don't have an MVP for the Western Conference and an MVP for the Eastern Conference, sort of like what the MLB does with the National League and um, American League. So believable or buffoonery, the NBA should have two MVPs.
1: If that's the case, then every sport should. Um I actually could see some merit into this because I do think that like it's hard to pick the best player for the overall league. Like we just talked about. Cause you if you look you think about it. In this context in the NBA, you have Giannis and you have Joel and B. They only represent the East. You only have one representative from the West, which is Nikola Jokic.
0: But I mean, that's because they picked uh-huh. three finalists. So it's like, it's, yeah. it's going to be an odd number or something.
1: Yeah. So it's like, why not? I can see why not do that? Because it makes it, because I do think like Joel and B, in my opinion, has the strongest case for MVP of the whole league but if that means that uh, people's opinion joker has a strong case for mvp of the whole league and he should just win mvp of the west and joel can win mvp of the east and they can solve a lot of issues that way people could maybe deservingly get the awards that they deserve versus like this whole situation with joker
0: i'm gonna say buffoonery the reason I say that is because I feel like in doing that, it's not gonna be as much parody, and plus I think uh-huh. it I think it means more to be like I'm MVP out of everybody, not just out of the teams in my conference, if or the players in my conference. Because if that's the case, Joel Embiid, if I feel like in the West Eastern Conference for the last few years, it probably would just be an alter. It would just be altering between Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then in the Western Conference, it would probably be, what, three state MVPs for, what's his name, Nikola Jokic. You could take a look back to the Miami Heat LeBron days. His whole tenure, he would just be winning MVP, you know? And so I just feel like by including every player I think it means a bit more just because you're beating out so many other people and to be fair yes there's arguments for people who think Joker should win it there's people who think that Joelle should win it but I mean no decision ever in history has been totally agreed on by everybody no matter what you do nobody is all the time going to agree with it and so because of that I'm like I'd rather them keep it the way that it is because like you said then if you do it like that you got to do it for every other award, but then it's like, like realistically, what other rookies in the Eastern Conference could you even put in the conversation with Paolo? Uh,
1: in the Eastern Conference, no. The closest probably
0: be Right, and even that's just like we got to put him there just because we needed a finalist. So I just think it's better to keep it league wide. All right, let's go ahead and continue on. Patrick Beverly, a very controversial figure, is going to be hitting the free agent market soon, and he is expecting to get a bag. Recently, when asked about the worth of his next contract, he said, My game hasn't dropped, so I don't think that number I make this year should drop. I'm at 13 mil, but the money does go up, so my 13 mil would become 15 mil next year. We know basketball, free agency, is very different than other sports. It seems like just about every other player is getting almost a $20 million contract, but believable or buffoonery, Patrick Beverly will make 15 mil or more on his next contract. Mind you, Patrick Beverly is in his 30s. He can say his game hasn't dropped, but I kind of beg to differ on that. But believable or buffoonery, he makes 15 mil or more this
1: season. Just because just cause the cap got one up. I can see it happening. I do think that it's hard to say his game has not decreased because his game really hasn't had like a high bar to that begin is, with. That is a fact, in my opinion. But do I think he do I think he can be able to convince the team to get him fifteen mil? Absolutely.
0: I think he convinced him because by the way, come um, come July, he's going to turn thirty five. Not to say I don't think he should play in the league. He's obviously going to be in the league. I think he's going to get that, buddy. But it kind of comes down to like, should he get that money? No, nah, probably not. But like we just said, like the caps don't go up in NBA contracts or bench warmers are making double digits mill every season. So I don't see why he would be any different. All right. Last question before we get up out of here. Game two of the Warriors and Kings series sparked a lot of conversation, not just because the Kings went up two on the series, but because of the infamous stop by Draymond Green, which led to him getting suspended for game three um, and added in by the NBA as to the explanation for his suspension uh, it was added based on his part of history of unsportsmanlike acts this has this decision has split a lot of people from pundits to players about whether or not Draymond should have got suspended so believable or buffoonery Draymond Green was rightfully suspended game three
1: uh I'm gonna say yes from the context of bro, y'all got a real dude in. Like we've seen several times where Draymond will get into situations to where it's like his leash is longer than others. Like we've seen situations where Draymond to do stuff that if anybody else did it, they getting teed up. But he doesn't,
0: right.
1: and I think I think what happened was is like the NBA reached the like reached the end of his rope. and was like, oh, so instead of us giving you a check, we're going to show you that we mean business by suspending you for one of the most important games of your career. And because you say you you say that your uh, style of play and that your attitude attitude is cohesive with winning. Let's see if your team can win without you, and then we'll keep you in line. So I do think he deserves to be suspended. Because I do I do see the point where Sabonis grabs his foot.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's also like, okay, he grabs your foot. That don't mean you got to stomp the dude.
0: Yeah. I told you, like, when I saw it, Sabonis is a good brother. That's a good man because I don't care if I can't breathe. As soon as I catch my breath, I got to hunt you down. Like, we have to fight. Yeah. You might beat me up, but you're not just gonna stomp me like you, Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah that's not. That's what
1: I was just gonna say, like, bro, he uh, burned it down. with the stomp?
0: Yeah, nah, we, it, I couldn't let that slide. I just could not let that go. Like I said, I would lose the fight, but I just can't go out like that. I'm sorry.
1: No, nah, I don't know. Sabonis, so he from Lithuania. The Lithuanian dudes, I they uh, are. <laughs> having J- JV be a part of Memphis business, them them Lithuanians they built they, they different like they in the lane of Steven Adams cause they they used to talk about I don't know if Sabonis does it but it was a thing that they used to talk about with JV when he used to hunt wild bulls with them but a knife. and like after looking up what, how wild bulls are like them things they can get up to like 20 miles an hour when they charge you so if you hunt one of them
0: Yeah, true. I would love to see it. I Honestly, like I said, if I was a bonus after I caught my breath, I would have to do it. I couldn't let it slide. But I agree with you. I think he should have been suspended, if not just for what he did, but, like, how he acted afterwards. Like, that's what did it for me. Like, you, I think somebody described it, like, you acting like you, Hulk Hogan, you just won the world championship. Like, what are you doing? Like, chill out. And I get it, like, fans are heckling you and they booing you, but you call them pussies and all these other names. Like, the league, the, how it looks is like you're proud of what you did. Like, you are yeah. you hyped up about what you did. Like, you didn't do nothing wrong. And if you're the league, I get why that part right there would be like, yeah, no, we not doing this. We're not doing yeah. We can't let this slide. We don't want, because we don't want other people thinking, oh, okay, I stomp a dude out and I'm hyping up the crowd. I'm talking my stuff. We gon' that's cool, cause it's not, cause it's gonna lead like, into a fight.
1: Like Draymond literally looked like he was Steph Rollins after he hit the stomp
0: on somebody before he pinned him. No, seriously, genuinely, all he needs to do is that little annoying laugh, and the burn it down music come on. That would have been it. Like you would have thought this man just won a championship. So yeah, no, I think he should have been suspended again. I understand the argument of yes, Sabonis did grab his leg. I hear you, I get it. But you not just gonna stomp me like that, like, yeah, nah. like kick my arm off or whatever. That's one thing. But that man put all his weight into that stomp.
1: Yeah.
0: Nah, I will have to get my leg back some kind of way. But that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please be sure to check out TheExport.net, our PeteTheExport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow Export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X report Now, before we get out of here, Ethan, anything you want to say before we get out of you, Yeah, so uh, I have a confession
1: to make. First off, before I make my confession, I obviously am going to say, go Grizz, do the, do the dang thing. Right. If y'all want to go ahead and win both of them in LA and make it a parade inside their city, I, I would happily appreciate it. Right. So, to my confession, mm-hmm. I no longer own any size memorabilia. Wow. And I also don't own, well, let me not say this, because I do still have my two Jefferson jerseys. But outside of my three Jefferson jerseys, I don't own any Titans memorabilia, mm. and I and I no longer follow them on social media.
0: Mm. You've really just gone over uh, to the dark side, huh?
1: I haven't made my decision, mm.
0: but you haven't publicly made your decision.
1: When I say the gang, I really do that just to mess with you. Mm-hmm. I will. I will say. I am leaning more towards just joining the dark side, cause my, cause being truly and utterly honest, since my since my origins of being a, a football fan, I really like the Steelers.
0: Mm-hmm. I get it.
1: The only reason I really didn't do it is because everyone that I knew around me liked the Steelers, and I've always been like, I'm going to be pro, like I'm going to like all my home teams. Mm-hmm. But I've also realized that as a Memphian, Memphians don't like the Titans.
0: They don't. That that is a Steeler. I've met more Steelers fans in Memphis than Titans fans. Yes,
1: like Memphis is a Steelers and Cowboys city. So it's like, as a Memphian, I might as, I could just go ahead and follow suit. But I haven't made that decision. Mm-hmm. I just want to go ahead and say, like, yeah, I don't have anything Titans related anymore mm-hmm. besides my semi jersey. And I'm not gonna get rid of them because I like Jeffrey Simmons as a player, What's and I spent $300 on jerseys. And I'm not just gonna, I'm not just gonna let them judges go. Oh,
0: absolutely not. Totally understand. Totally understand. Yeah, I give it. Let's see. What is this? April. By the, you know, by the time the season rolls around, you may not say it publicly, but they're they gonna be your squad, like officially.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you. I give it to Jeff. Yeah. That's really what I'm. That's really what I'm here the point for me. it's Like. If I look up and the Titans get rid of like trade Derrick Henry and they don't make a decent move in the draft,
0: uh, yeah, I get that's totally understandable. I've said it before. I hate the Steelers, but I respect the Steelers, so I understand why anybody would be a Steelers fan. Like, there's other teams. I'm like, why like the Browns? Why are you a Browns fan? I don't get it. But the Steelers, I totally get it. So I can't. I understand. That do
1: I like it. Yeah, them. you ain't gonna rock with it. Yeah. And for me, it's like they play, they always just play the brand of football that I like. I've always been the dude, and like, granted, the Titans play it now, but like, I've always been the dude that have liked good defense and like good run, and like a good run game. The Steelers have historically been in type of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they had that little spare with the Killer bees where it kind of changed. But I think they're starting to get back to the basics. Yeah. I, I, respe- I, I understand it. Like I said, I understand why anybody will be a Steelers fan. I respect the Steelers. I hate them. I want to beat them every time we play. But it's all good. You know what? I respect your choice. And come draft time, I'm sure you're going to be thinking about uh, which jersey you're going to get. I know you say you're going to get Cam, but, you know, who knows, maybe you might feel you might feel like getting uh what's his name? Oh my gosh, James Harrison or somebody like that. You might change your mind. Nah, nah,
1: nah, 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 nah.
0: Cam Hayward okay.
1: If, if it would be if I were to get a still Jersey, the first one would the first one would be either a Cam Haywood or a Troy
0: Polamalu. Troy Polamalu is a bad man. I almost said Troy, but I know you're more of a D line fan. That I get it.
1: Nah, I, like like Troy Troy transcended for me, like, he was a big part of the reason why I like the Steelers, because I'm just like, bro, dude's just out here going crazy, and like, doing whatever he wants, and like, hitting people, like, that that was the thing with me with the Steelers, is like, I like, like, when I first started watching football, I liked teams where you had people that actually hit, that is why Ray Lewis was my favorite player, because he hit people.
0: And I mean, the Steelers were knocking people on their behind. I will. I've seen them do it to my team a time or two. Not fun, but I again, I respect it. I totally understand. And um, just know, whenever you make that conversion, instead of us having smoke once week, out of maybe every other season, it's twice a week. It's twice a week. We could be cool at any other time during the week when the game has not started, but. You know, I gotta ride for Baltimore. But if, Man, I and, but if and again, if it makes you feel any better, the Steelers are no longer the team I hate the most in the division. So the Browns the Browns took that spot. So I will not be as hard on the Steelers as I used to be. But I totally understand your decision. Um, but thank you guys again so much for listening. Um, I really don't have anything besides check out that NFL redraft as well as that NFL. Uh, draft review from 2022. Um, my final mock draft will be coming out sometime next week because it's crazy to think we are a week away from the NFL draft starting. I am very excited, and um, yeah, Lakers, Grizzlies. I love y'all both. Just just have a good and healthy series. That's all I ask for. Anything else after that is is just is just great. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.